Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Kelly. Kelly! Hello, darling. Hey. Thank you for asking me to come and for my Huju Taizé driver, Lulu. So fun for driving me here, picking me up and for dinner with my girls, my Orange County girls. And nice to meet new friends and welcome if you're new. Oh my gosh, this is going to be such a wild ride. I feel like it should be like safety warnings and trigger warnings. <laughs> and I'm a college student. Can you tell? Okay. Um, my sobriety date is August 3rd, 2004. And um, when I got here, I was 31 years old. My, my kids were two, four and nine. I was separated from my husband who for sure it was his, like, he was my problem. hundred percent. I thought if I just got separated and, and he had the kids, you know, half the week, or at least on the weekends that, that I would not be so miserable. And then I wouldn't be doing the things that I was doing. And um, so we separated and, um, and not just separated, like we had to sell our house, we had other investors, it was a big mess. And, um, cause my drinking was so bad that, um, other people wanted to back out anyway. So, um, six weeks later, I was like face down in my bed, it's August. I, um, had like the blind, the windows, the blinds were open. It was a hundred and I don't know how much, I don't know what time it was like noon. I was in a like really nice, very sexy dress and some brown flip-flops and my front door was wide open and um, it was not my husband. You know what I mean? He definitely didn't have anything to do with that disaster. And that hangover was three days. And that day, I think the only thing I could do was drink some root beer. I mean, I don't know what your hangovers were like, but the last maybe um, year and a half or two years, I was like shaking all day and this anxiety, like I, I thought I was on a cruise um, Memorial Day weekend right before I got sober in 2004 with a bunch of girls on my wedding anniversary, uh, a bunch of single ladies. You know? <laughs> and uh, I went on a cruise and um, I thought I was going to jump until I started drinking. And it was like the weirdest compulsion. And I'd never heard anyone talk about it, but I thought I'm going to, I'm going to jump in the water. And I'm going to be really sorry that I did. Like, I knew that I was going to be sorry that I jumped in the water off the cruise ship. Um, but I just, I thought that I was going to have to. And like, I have this rule, like you don't drink till noon. Like I didn't wake up till 1115. So I just like, <laughs> brush my teeth, put my bathing suit on. I'm at the pool and it's like 1140. And I'm like, I'm going to jump. I should probably order some beer and a bucket. And like, this is how my head, I mean, I don't know how your head goes, but it's like, um, I've been awake for half an hour and I need to know when I'm going to, it's, I can't, and I might ask my friend, should I order the bucket now? Cause you know, I don't drink till noon, but the, the, the waiter, he, he's getting it farther and farther away. And like, how come there's only one, like, this is how my anxiety and my compulsion is just driving me crazy. And she's like, get some beer, drink it now. <laughs> okay. And so then the second night in a row on the cruise, the first night these, you know, that we had the late dinner. I don't know if any of you have done cruises before We had the late dinner, which means I fell asleep in my plate, you know, like, you know, like, and the first night, the couple of people thought it was cute. And the second night, no, right. That like carrying me, um, to wherever you call that closet thing we were sleeping in. And, um, it was a really bad trip. And I was in big trouble, big, big trouble because the night before I was out all night, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning in front of Tom's Thirsty Club, which is the 
diviest bar in the universe over on Artesia and Inglewood, but the guy Bones makes the spiciest, you know what I'm going to say, Bloody Mary, mm, second to Catalina Express. So I woke up there at six in the morning or whatever and went in and had a Bloody Mary. And then I went home and I had a cruise that day and my husband had to go to work and he was very angry. And um, I laid down with our girls that our son was at school and they were two and four. And, you know, I reeked like, I mean, I was up, you know, it was a bad night. And um, I passed out at, I don't know what time. And I woke up and it was two o'clock and I had no idea where my kids were. They were gone. Um, they weren't at the house. And my friend was on her way to pick me up for the cruise. And I was like in big trouble and I, I didn't know where my kids were. And I was calling my husband and calling my husband and calling. And he was of course not answering. Cause that's what I had been doing while I was, you know, with this boyfriend that I had. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. <laughs> like I did, I had a boyfriend and, um, I was married and I didn't want to be married, but my husband wouldn't move out. So I was like, well, I don't want to be your wife anymore. So that's how I solved that problem. And I needed someone to kind of, I mean, I need a handler, right? Like I need someone who cares about me to make sure that I can get where I need to go because that's how my drinking is. So I had a boyfriend and um, I was with him the night before the cruise. And anyway, my husband had come home and I was so passed out. He took the kids to the babysitter. But when I woke up, I didn't know where they were. So he wouldn't answer the phone. And I went on the cruise because I knew it was just, you know, it was like one more time. Like I didn't understand this insane, scary drinking and like drinking behind my own back. That's all what it was. And I never heard anyone talking about drinking behind their own back until I came to AA and like, oh my God. Um, so I had these elaborate plans about not drinking, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go here and I'm going to drink a soda water. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe have an O'Doul's. I'm going to go with these people who know that I'm not drinking right now. And like, I'm gone for three days I, and I have little kids at home and my husband has to work and everyone has to drop everything because I'm missing of course again so of course I'm in big trouble and I make these elaborate plans so I will just share this one really scary like realization like you know that like oh my god I, I don't even I can't even stick to my own promises I promised my husband I wasn't going to see my boyfriend anymore because, of course, he found out about it. Because you remember those brick phones? I had a brick phone, you know, the brick phone, and it was in my purse. And um, my husband was calling me, and I was on a date. And he wrote down all the things that my date and I were talking about. And when I came home the next day and said that I spent the night at my friend's house, he showed me the things that I was talking about on this date. And I was like, well, I told you I didn't want to be married. Like, I, that's my crazy self. And then, of course, then I feel bad, right? Because he's like, really, he's a good man. And I, I don't know why I'm doing all these crazy things, because I don't really want to be doing all that stuff. So I was going to bring him some food from work. I work for my dad. My dad owns a restaurant. And he, my husband loves crab enchiladas. So I'm going to make him some crab enchiladas. I'm going to have the guys make him crab enchiladas. And I'm going to go straight home. And they were in the car. We called from the kitchen. Everything's good. I sit down to count my money. And I guess what I did. I had a Michelob Ultra. I mean, that's like 
barely even a boot. It, it, I don't even know <laughs> how much booze is in it. But like, I just sat there and just counting my money and everything was fine. And the enchiladas were being made and I was going to go home. And I was like three blocks away from my house. And I was like, I'm just going to stop and have one beer because what I had done that I didn't know then that I know now, and you guys probably know is that I kicked off an allergy and it, there's nothing I can do about it. After that, I can convince myself of anything once I do that. And I, so I go to my local bar, which is where I met my husband and my boyfriend <laughs> and um, a few boyfriends um and I sit there but no one's there it was like Monday night or something like it wasn't anything exciting it wasn't karaoke we, we had a fruity Wednesday night it was like you know somebody's getting naked right it's always that night and um pool tables like sub divey anyway my favorite place and my husband's calling me and calling me because like I'm coming I have enchiladas for him in the car and um I can't leave. Like I'm stuck to the, to the stool. Like no one, I don't want to sleep with anyone in the bar. You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason for me to stay there. Like the, there's no band, there, nothing. And I don't know why. And so he's like torturing me. He keeps calling and my phone and my, and then we, you know, the phone number of the bar. Of I know the number today. It's three, seven, nine, oh, eight, three, six. But anyway, <laughs> um, I sent those enchiladas in a cab so that he would stop calling me. I mean, this was like in 2004, you know, this is like way before apps and, and Postmates and all those things because I needed him to stop calling me. And I, I just, I, and then the next day was like, it was your idea. Like that was my idea, the enchiladas and the enchiladas so that I would come home. Like that was the, the goal because we tried everything. Like somebody's dropping me off at work so I don't have a car. So one time he was on his way to pick me up and I, I had a glass of wine. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, he's on his way. And I'm like running down the pier, Redondo Beach, like hiding in some dive bar that he would never think of. He would never, he wouldn't look for me anyway. But, but I, I told him, called him, told him to pick me up. Like that's what happens. That to me is like my alcoholism. And I never want to forget the anxiety. Like the, my last, my last night drinking was so bad that I did not remember it until I was sober, like four and a half years. I was pouring a cup of coffee and it just flashed in my mind what happened that night. And I was like, oh my God, no wonder I called the next day. I'm not even going to share it. That's how bad. I mean, I'm going to share some stuff. Like, it, you know, it's going to be bad, right? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty scandalous. I've already kind of exposed myself that way. But um, I, it was just pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. And when I heard that at meetings, I knew what it meant. I'd never used those words before, but I knew exactly what it meant because that's how it was getting at the end. Like, I'm disgusting. Like, who am I? And I'm a stay-at-home mom. I wait tables a couple nights a week for my dad just to get out of the house because everyone thought, well, maybe she needs to get out of the house a little bit because she's all cooped up with those kids. My kids went to preschool too, like, by the way, super privileged, like as many, you know, amenities as I could ever need. And we weren't rolling in money. I did have to cut coupons and stuff, which I didn't like and go to Costco, but you know, like I didn't, my kid, we didn't go without. Right. So there wasn't like, you know, um, no matter what kind of access to resources I had, I could not get sober until I came here. I was seeing a therapist. He said, why don't you try? Cause he could tell my drinking was unmanageable. <laughs> my life was unmanageable. And he said, how about not drinking in between me in, in between sessions? And I was like, well, fine, but we're going to have to see each other twice a week. You know what I mean? Like, and I was serious. Like, and like people would say stuff about my drinking, like they don't like going out with me because of my drinking. And I would be like, well, 
I understand. Like, I never was going to try to negotiate with them. Like, it never even occurred to me to be like, oh, well, I won't do that because I know I will. And even like going to concerts as a kid, like a teenager, I wouldn't drink until the end because I knew once I started drinking the whole night, I'm going to be, I've done it. So I knew it wasn't like just, I just made it up. I've done it. And then I'm in the bathroom line the whole night. You know, like, that's not fun. I mean, it is sometimes fun. <laughs> I did almost get kicked out of Irvine Meadows uh, for going in the men's room um, because of that line situation. Um, anyway, a really cute guy in there. And, um, and then anyway, I won't even. Okay, but that, so like, I knew once I started drinking, I couldn't stop drinking. Like, even before I knew what that was, I just, you know, made those... <sighs> I don't know, allocations or whatever, start, you know, I'm going to fry on acid, but I'm not going to do it till the last song, you know? And, um, I came to you just so exhausted, like 31, three kids, husband, boyfriend, just frazzled lying. If my mouth was moving, like, where were you? I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know. I mean, people don't believe that they don't believe you don't know where you were. But like, I have had to walk down the street, I wonder how many of you, to see where I am. <laughs> I woke up in an apartment I have never been before. I don't know how I got there. And I'm walking down the street, seeing if I recognize anything. And of course, my brick phone is dead. And um, I'm in a residential neighborhood. Like, that has happened to me before. So when I came here, I was exhausted and totally willing. Like, people were shiny, right? So nice. Those ladies were saying things like how much they can't stand their husbands. I was like, okay, nobody's saying this on the playground. Everyone's like, my kid's so smart. My husband's so great. We're so, we have so much money and we're going to get this place and that. And I'm like, why do I hate my life? Right? So in AA, people are telling the truth, like how hard it is to be a mom. And one lady told a story about how her plumber had to come. This is so good. I was sober, like, I don't know, a week or something. And, and her plumber came and he was like pissed at her, like being aggressive with her about the tampons because he was like talking to her, like she was stupid. And she was like in the middle of the street in her pajamas, <laughs> screaming at the plumber and how she didn't drink after that. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best story I've ever heard in my life. Like, I can't, I get that. Like I'm screaming in the street. I am that person who is in the parking lot somewhere having a complete meltdown. Right. So this lady telling her funny story and the cake, huh, my friend Carrie made a cake and it was a banana cake and she made the frosting too, like from scratch. I was like, I'll come here every week. Like, who is this person? It was so good. And I went to a party. Like, I went to my called my friend Lisa, who I had been on a trip with, and she was sober two years and she looked amazing. Last time I saw her, she looked like a popsicle stick, you know, like a lollipop. She was so stick little body, you know. And um, she stole everyone's med medication and she was a really bad alcoholic. And she, bless you, she was doing so great. And I was like, Huh. And she was talking to her sponsor on the phone and her sponsees over two years, love and AA. We're in Catalina and she had been invited back to our family trip because she made amends to my mom because, you know, my mom had an intervention for her and she was so mad that they were all, then they had a party afterwards or everybody's drinking, you know, like that sucks when your friends have an intervention for you and then they're drinking, you know, <laughs> a bunch of fucking alcoholics having an intervention. Oops, sorry about that. Sorry, my language. 
Um, and so she hated my mom and then she had to make amends and she was invited back to our trip and she was an example of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? <sighs> I'm so forever grateful for her. And I called her when I was like a week, not even a week later. Oh, I had a bad trip too in Catalina. It's really bad. Like I went to a party after the bar and I wanted to stop and get some beer and they said there was beer at the party and there wasn't. I completely freaked out. It was such a freaking amateur move. Like my dad owns a bar. My mom is an alcoholic. I have a key to everybody's house. Like I've never run out of alcohol as an adult. And I completely had like a psychotic breakdown and had to be driven back to my house. And when I got there, of course we had booze. I opened the fridge and took that beer down like I'd been in the desert for five years. And my mom comes out at three in the morning and she's like, what are you doing? Three o'clock in the morning. Your your children are asleep. What are you doing? And you know what? I saw what she saw. Like I don't know about you, but I lie up to myself when I'm in my disease, and I lie about whose fault it is, and I lie about, and I make up stories about why I drink the way I drink, and you would drink too, and if you had these kids, because they were. My, I had one kid that everyone was like, "Is her name? Give it to her." You know what I mean? Just give it to her. Give it to her. She's such a brat. And um, I saw myself, like the whole story, like I was ruining lives, people's lives that I absolutely love. And my mom was heartbroken. And just a few days later, because of all that series of events and having Lisa's phone number for being on that trip because of the amends, you know, because she was an example, I had her number and she took me to a meeting. And then I came here to you guys and I was like, oh my gosh, you didn't drink like you know, 30 days and 60 days, people taking cakes. I remember a woman took a cake and I was sober about 90 days and she was crying and I was crying and never met her before. But I was like, oh my God, yeah, the joy, like the joy. I want joy. I used to have fun and I got together with my husband and that was super fun. We had game night at a friend's house and he was like, God, I forgot you were funny. And I was like, God, really, that sucks. Right? Like, he was my person and I married him. And, you know, I mean, I married him because I was knocked off, but <laughs> I did think he was really, really cute. And he already had a son that was two years old that I fell in love with. And, you know, I, I started off, you know, being a mom and a wife and I really wanted to be good at it, but I don't know about you, but like, as soon as I'm not good at something, I completely give up. And like being a mom and a wife was like, you just kind of just keep trying to do it. You know what I mean? And then my mom was like, here's a list. This is how you, this is how you do your day with the yellow, little yellow, legal, the little legal pad, not the big pad, but the little pad, you know? And she would write me a list of how you can, you know, be a mom and do the things and the chores and the da 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 and the drinking too. Like she would drink until she died. Like she knew how to do it all. I could not do it. I couldn't do it no matter how many lists she made me. God love her. She made me so many lists. She bought me a computer so she could email me her list when she moved to Palm Desert. I know. I know. So anyways, I'm a huge disappointment to my mom. My mom was like valedictorian, like uh, roller skating champion. She looked like Linda Evans. Like I had a friend's like, oh my God, Linda Evans lives on the hill now. I'm like, that's my mom. Like she'll like Linda Evans. She was a flight attendant. She always looked like a million bucks. My dad looked like a Senator. They'd come to open house and I would be like, Oh my God, here they come Barbie and Ken, you know, like, I, and my mom was like, how could you be embarrassed of us? Like we worked so hard, whatever. So I, you know, super disappointing 
super disappointing child. And um, I mean, I would bring my boyfriend to my dad's restaurant, like, hello, everyone knows you're married here. Like so bad. And when I got sober, I was like, I never had to call that guy again. You know, I mean, isn't that something? I didn't do any of those terrible things anymore. Like right away. I mean, I, that, so that kind of cleared right up. The other stuff, not as fast. Um, I didn't know how to discipline my kids at all. They were almost three, almost five. I got sober to get, um, to take my daughter to a, a movie for her birthday when she's turning five. And what prompted it was I couldn't make a reservation for the El Capitan because I'm always hungover and I can't drive to LA because of my anxiety. I can't get on the freeway. It's paralyzing. And I want to take my daughter. She wants to go to Disney tea parties. It's not that much to ask. And I can't make an appointment. And that was what prompted me to call. So that love, you know, that like desire to be the person that God always wanted me to be is what brought me here to you. Because those weren't the worst days of my drinking. I had my stomach pumped at three years old because I drank all the cough medicine with codeine. I'm that kid. I am the kid in the neighborhood that you should never let your kid play with because my parents have a walk-in closet full of alcohol because my dad owns a bar. Seriously, not even kidding. I mean, we're on the roof, acid, you know, you name it. It's happening at my house because nobody's home. Anyway. I'm so grateful, right? That I got to be these last almost, you know, like 16 years, I got to be a mom to my kids. And what happened in my early recovery is everybody got better, which I'm sure you guys know. Nobody else got sober, but everybody got better, a little bit better. And my husband and I had some fun together and except, you know, you know it still wasn't doing it my way. I mean, I had to go to Al-Anon right away because everyone else's drinking was bothering me right away. Like six months. I was like, oh my God, everyone's still drinking. You know, I'm, I'm not drinking. Everyone should not be drinking. And that's not going to work out. Just I mean, maybe it'll work out for you. I do know people whose non-alcoholic family members get rid of the booze in the house, but I don't have any of those. My people are all alcoholics because literally the only people that can hang out with me are alcoholics. So um, I got back together with my husband and then we broke up and I got back together with my husband and then we broke up and back off, off and on up and down. We were still separated, but the kids were going back and forth. And anyway, he had, um, he had surgery, um, like a simple colon resection for diverticulitis. He was 39. My husband turned 39 on May the 10th, um, in 2005. And two days later on the 12th, he had this surgery. He went home after maybe, I think four days or something. And then he presented back at the surgeon's office and she sent him to the ER and he coded there, uh, a grand mal seizure and cardiac arrest. And um, he never regained consciousness from that day. So that was the 18th of May in 2005. And, um, on the 17th of June, which is just this week in 2005, I had to terminate his life support. And um, my birthday is the 12th of June. I turned 32 and I thought for sure I was gonna bring the kids and he was gonna wake up. And um, he didn't, he didn't. And when he didn't wake up that day, I knew. It was like, 
he'd been on dialysis, all these terrible things. I mean, 31 days is a long day, long time to be in a coma. Um, and I was like, I had a home group already. I came to AA and I turned myself in. I was like, what are you guys doing? Because I'm so exhausted and miserable and I'm, 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 I'm broke. I was just empty inside. I didn't even recognize who I was. So little by little, every week I did these esteemable acts. I even had the coffee commitment. Now <laughs> it's a serious commitment, right? It's so good to give it to the newcomer because you know, right away, like <laughs> secretary can forget the format. Like speaker cannot show up, chips, literature, but do not, not bring the coffee. I seriously, and I thank God, cause I got sober in August, right? And nice summer day. And my dad owned a bar, a restaurant on the Redondo Beach Pier. And there's a place called Nauseous. Have you ever been there? Anyone? I love that place. See, see, right there, hundred and something beers. Okay. So you're with me now. It's a sunny day. I'm not sure what time. I mean, I'm new and I had the coffee commitment. Thank God. But something really was pissing me off. I was doing bookkeeping for my dad and something happened, something happened. And there were these like three guys I'd never seen before, which is always good. And um, maybe tourists like a double bonus and sitting there and they're having lunch and drinking beers. And I'm just like, I, there was three, it was a table for four three of them. So it was like, take your pick kind of afternoon. And I, cause I can, that's checking out. Like, who am I? I, you do that. You sit there and who I'm gone. My, all those things are gone. You get to be totally someone else. Sometimes I make up a name and, um, I had the coffee commitment and I went my meeting in the back room I even called the club, but no one answered God doing for me what I can't do for myself. And I went to the meeting for that coffee commitment and whatever that thing was, I can't even remember it today, but it passed and I didn't drink. So, you know, I had this commitment and I met with these women and, you know, they came to the funeral that I had to arrange for my husband. I, one of my friends from, from outpatient was with me driving around. We're driving around. I'm like, we're like, she's like 20 something. We're like super young. And I'm trying to find a place to bury my husband at Green Hills, you know? And I'm like, is this really happening? Cause like, I've done a lot of acid. Like it felt like I was outside of my body, you know? Like I was like, did my husband die? You know, like, did he die? And is he, you know, cause I just kept thinking like, am I gonna wake up from this? Cause I mean, I was still new. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when, when I was new, I, a lot of times felt like I wasn't really sure what was real or not, you know, that next indicated thing. I call my sponsor a lot. Um, and she helped me so much and, um, she'd never buried anybody before, but she knew what to do. She told me things like, okay, where are you right now? Tell me where you are right now. And I would tell her where I was and she would say, can you feel your feet in your shoes? Things like that, because I would be in the future of my kid's wedding who were, you know, three and five years old, my daughters, you know, our daughters, and I don't need to be there, but it's a real thing. Like he's, he died and I'm going to have to do this forever. Scares the crap out of me. I mean, I could barely be a mom when everybody was helping me. And my mom of course stepped in and helped and, and it was, a, it was, it was pretty bad. And, and still like, you know, my solutions are often at this point worse than my original problem really and so my in-laws took my son 
So I needed a house where my son could come. I mean, doesn't that sound logical? Well, there was a house that I could not afford, but it had a basketball hoop, $150 basketball hoop. And I was like obsessed with it. I thought, if I buy this house, my son will come here and live with here, live here with us. So I made it happen, buy this house, happens. And I thought it was God's will for me. <laughs> Except it was like in 2005, which I don't know if you know what that means. If anybody's seen the big short. Yeah. I mean, so I buy this house and so then now I'm moving and I, I'm moving in. Of course, who's going to help me move? Some guy in AA, right? Tall, dark, and handsome. His name was Donovan, right? And he was so handsome. I hope he's not on this. Just kidding. <laughs> so handsome. And six weeks later, I know, yes, baby. I'm having a baby. I know, it was such a bad idea. And it was like, what was my original problem? Oh yeah, moving. <laughs> so that my son would come and like, I don't even know, like I'm outside of my body a lot because I'm terrified. And like, I need to drink every single day. I want to drink all, all day long. Anytime, like my kids are like, we miss our daddy. Like, I want to kill myself every day. I'm like, how am I going to do this? We got to send the kids to my mom's. My girlfriend moves back from Las Vegas to help me to be their nanny. I'm like, I can't, I can't like this. What am I going to do with these kids? They miss their dad. He was the one. He was the good one. I'm not the good one. I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible, I'm the I'm a worse mother than, you know, I look at me. I can't, I go on a cruise. Like everything I've ever done wrong is all that runs through my mind. You know, I've asked for amends, but I don't know how to forgive myself. Right. Because I haven't sponsored anyone yet. Right. You want to know how to forgive yourself, sponsor somebody. Right. Sit across from a woman who tells you those horrible, awful things that she thinks she can never be forgiven for and tell her, you know, tell her how precious she is and how much God loves her. Right. And how we don't have to drink one day at a time and our kids will be okay. And like, I know that today, my kids are okay. Actually, they're all okay. Yay! But I did have another one, you know, so I did have another one. Her name is Savannah. And, um, she was born early because it was a very volatile situation at my house. That guy that I helped had helped me moved and I were an equally crazy match, except that he was still drinking. He relapsed, which pissed me off. Let me just say, I was like, you drink? I'm having a baby. <laughs> I need a beer really bad. Like I am great. I'm so crazy. Like my husband died on super crazy and I'm thirsty. Like beer is delicious when you're pregnant. I'm sorry. Like I, even when I was pregnant, I was like half Abdul's half regular beer. Like, so I can still have six, you know, <laughs> I love beer. And it was like, I'm anyway, it was just a nightmare and he drank. And so I was like, get the, get out of here. Nobody, if I'm not drinking, nobody's drinking. I need a drink. Nobody drinking except for me. Well, I don't like that. You like break into my house and trash all my things and, you know, stalk me. And then I couldn't go to the Alano club. So what happened was I didn't know what I had. I didn't know. I didn't even know 
what I had done. Boy, have I met my match, let me just say. No amount of terrorizing I have done could compete with how that went down after that. It was so brutal. And um, my kids were taken from me. Yeah, I know. And I kept taking them back. And I think we, oh, Lulu talked about it, you know, thinking the results will be different. Well, I need someone to help me and I'm having another baby and like, I'm already afraid and I already think I can't do the, kid, think the kids I already have. And um, so when he tells me that he's gonna do better, like I want it to be true, right? I want it to be true. And I want, it, I want everyone, look at, we, look at us. Everyone in this room is completely different than they were the day they walked in, right? Happy Father's Day too, to all my friends who are dads that are sober dads or wanting to be sober dads. I, um, I appreciate you. Right, I appreciate you. <sighs> um, that ended with social services coming to my house and taking my kids from me because I let him come back one more time. And the reason that I did it was because our, our baby was born early and she had a brain injury. So she was born uh, five and a half weeks early and she actually has uh, cerebral palsy. And um, she was on life support also. I've been there. I don't know about you guys, but like, I, I think I know how things are gonna turn out, especially if it's already happened before, right? So I was like, great, you know, she's on life support. And then of course, like I have a nightmare living in my house, like worse than termites. I mean, <laughs> he, I can't go outside and smoke a cigarette and call my mom from the hospital because he needs to have my phone. Because of course, who would I be calling? Oh my God, I'm not kidding. I have a five pound, five pound baby in the ICU and uh, he needs the phone just in case I'm calling somebody, which I'm proud to say that I wasn't, but I should have up maybe. But anyway, I was too afraid to get caught. So here I have this, all this stuff going on and, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, we know how to show up for stuff like that. Like, especially now, like I get calls and they're like, oh, I have this new person and she's got this going. I'm like, oh yeah, have her call me, you know, like, yes, 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 please have her call me. So I'll never forget what it's like, you know, like what, what we come in here with. And, and I wasn't trying to hurt anybody, but it was just like, it's just all this stuff, life, right? So I had been praying when my husband, after my husband died, that I, I got, you know, um, I, I'm going to need to be a better mother because I suck at this, right? Like, it's so hard for me. That's why I always wanted to be away from my house and why I thought if my husband had the kids half time, I could be a better mother because it's hard. Being a mom is hard at so many kids that I'm just terrible at it because I'm selfish and not just because I'm selfish, but because it's hard. I mean, I know nice people that are not selfish that also think it's hard. Yeah. I have asked them. I have one very normie. She's like, I have one very normie friend and she thinks it's hard. She actually has a child with special needs. And she said to me one day, oh, she's so cute. She's like, I would be upset if I couldn't have a green tea latte, you know, <laughs> but I would be okay if I didn't. Right. Like she would never drink it if she was allergic to it. But we do, right? Like she just thinks it's anyway. She says um, to me one day, I was like, "Is it? Is it hard?" She goes, "Oh, I have, the, I have this dream that I just collapse because I'm so exhausted from all the stuff that we do." She has three kids. One has cerebral palsy, like my daughter Savannah has cerebral palsy, and we do a lot for our kiddos. And 
and she just collapses. And I, of course, I'm like, but do you have amnesia? Because in mine, I collapse and then I have amnesia. Like that's my daydream. My daydream today is to collapse from exhaustion and go to the hospital and pretend I have amnesia. <laughs> so that my no one can bother me for like five days. I'm serious. It's so hard being a mom. So anyway, um, Savannah's my soulmate. It wasn't that guy. She's almost 15. Um, when I moved here, I lived in a foster home with some alcoholics. Isn't that ironic? So good. And um, like literally one of the people I lived with is in AA now and sober five years, but back then was not sober. Um, so my kids and I were in a foster home and I went, I had to go to a meeting. I don't want to go to meetings. Why would I go to like, I'm sober too. I was sober three years and couldn't think of a reason not to drink. My life was pretty unmanageable, like worse than ever, worse than ever. I think I should probably drink and then I'll be more careful. I should probably drink. And then I won't meet guys like that. Because when I'm drinking, guys like that don't even talk to me because they know they cannot try to control me. But that guy thought he could try. Anyway, um, I was here in Orange County in Laguna Niguel, and I was sitting in the parking lot. And I don't know what church it was. It's not this one, is it? Presbyterian. Yeah. And I, yeah, I had Savannah and she spilled all over her and self the, the bottle like spilled everywhere and, and Stephanie had clothes in the car. And then, um, I, it was so funny because it was like burning desire and we're in this little room and I'm, I'm new. Of course it took me, I was sitting in the car, like, where is this place? I'm late to the meeting. I sit down, I've got this baby, she's got chocolate milk all over. I'm like, probably just really a vision for you. And, um, <laughs> and then the milk, and then it was like, is this lady going to share or what? Cause we're just going to sit here. And so I was like, Oh my God, like I, 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 I just, I want to leave here and drink and leave. Like, I just, I'm dying inside. Right. And I don't even know what I said. And then after the meeting, of course, like we do, the women came up and, and, um, we made friends and well, first Ginger invited me to her house. Oh my God. So um, for pizza or whatever. And so I started hanging out with these women. And the only reason why I did it was because I had zero dollars in my account and I was at the grocery store and I thought it was the first of the month and it was the 31st. Like, you know, those days that have 31 days, they just mess you up when you get paid at the first. And, um, like my card didn't work. And my kids were like, you said if we were good, we could have gum and all this. I'm trying to dig out some quarters and like, oh my God, I don't have any money. I don't have, I have nothing to feed my kids dinner. And of course I got invited to go to Ginger's for pizza. So I had to go. And, um, <laughs> I met these women that have saved my life at that meeting. I met Laura and I, and I started going to a Tuesday night meeting and then poor Laura every day. I'd be like, you want to come over and have coffee <laughs> because I'm going to die. I think I'm not going to make it. I mean, I really can't believe what has happened to my life. That's me. I can't, I can't believe it. And, um, my kids were really young and I did the next indicated thing. And I had these friends and Stephanie, you know, like 
she was like, I don't know if I want to come. I don't know if I want to come back to AA. I don't know if I can stop drinking. And I was like, well, then we'll come to your house. Like, just don't drink with your kids in the car, you know, like, and we just form this bond that literally has carried me through. And like, how did we know then what it was going to turn out like? I mean, it looked pretty bad. I was like, it was pretty bad. And that was how many years ago? right? In 2008. And I, I, we all stayed sober together. They brought, Laura used to bring me, bring me some cigarettes, please. And I used to smoke. I haven't smoked in 10 years either. And, and like, I just, I did this thing that we do. I worked the steps. I worked the steps right away when I came in. Thank you. And I'm so grateful that I did because I had made amends to my husband, my mom, right after Savannah was a year old, that that week, actually, my mom just dropped dead, 62 years old, like gone. And all that stuff that she had done and, and helping me with the kids. And I was like, okay, God, like, seriously, I'm not talking to you anymore for a long time. And so I would share that. And then the people in the meeting could pray for me because the alcoholic who still suffered in and out of the room, that was me because I wasn't going to make it without my mom for sure. hundred percent wasn't gonna make it. And then along this journey, I've met like these incredible people that have just scooped me up, scooped me up, scooped me up. And to me, that's the grace of God. When I let somebody in my life that to help me, right. So you have to ask for help. And then part two, you have to let people actually help you. Right. That's really hard. My sponsor would say, Oh God, we're back to asking for help again. You know, cause it's like, here I am again, you know, and so, and letting people help. And I like to help people. I learned the coolest things. Like somebody's having a birthday. I'm very excited about it. Lulu had a birthday during the pandemic. I was very excited about it. She turned 20. It's a big deal. I put it on my calendar for like three months, three months, three months to re to plan a dinner for her because I wanted to celebrate because it's a big deal. And um, I like doing stuff like that. So in return, when people want to do something nice for me, I need to let them. <gasps> I think I was like 12 years sober before I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah. And like, I have a totally disabled child. She uses a wheelchair. She needs, she has a feeding tube. She's 15. And when I get home, I'm going to change her diaper and put her in bed, lift her, you know, like so many things have happened. And because I've done all this work, 10, 11 and 12, because, you know, I got to stay on it. I mean, I don't know what your life life looks like. I used to compare, my sponsor used to say, compare and despair. Uh, you can get sober and do your life. And it could be happy, joyous and free skipping in the tall grass. None of my business. I have a lot on my plate, like platter, buffet, lion <laughs> share. And you know what? That's just how it is. Some people get the lion share. And my friend, Ann and I, who dreams about collapsing, I say, this could be our last time we could get like, the, we could be like, on the special star in another galaxy after this and never have to do any of this hard work again. I mean, that's exciting to me. Um, and that's how my higher power shows up, you know? And um, I've done that next indicated thing. I took my daughter, Savannah, you know, she needs, she has a lot of needs. So we moved to Claremont and because they have the best school program for her. And I applied to Pitzer College because it's nearby and they have a tree logo. And I love trees because I'm that hippie girl with like 5,000 essential oils. And you know what? I got in, I got into Pitzer college, no idea that it was like an elite private school, zero. I got in, they sent me the package. It's like $75,000 a year. Holy crap. How am I going to pay for this? Well, I got a scholarship 
So this whole thing was God moved me out to Claremont. My daughter goes to this amazing program where she moves her body all day and all those, you know, atrophy related illnesses stay away. Right. She's happy. She's so happy. She's joyful. Uh, she loves Alcoholics Anonymous and you know, things are so good, right? She's living her best life. I'm living my best life and she's living her best life. My kids are grown. They trust me. My son said the best thing to me last year. He's like, you know, mom, you've done a lot of things probably wrong, but you always let us be who we are and have our own experience. And, you know, I've held my kids up in their grief, every anniversary when my husband, all these different things when my husband died and I raise these kids and poor things, you know, what a shit stick they got. I'm like, man, you got the worst deck of cards. And, you know, and they know that I, I love them and I have compassion for them, but I'm not going to tell them about what their grief is like. And I, I got them the resources that they needed. I got them the camps that they needed and the grief groups and all those things because of the women that taught me in Alcoholics Anonymous, because I kept showing up. Right. And then every time I wanted to drink every single time, which was a lot. By the way, I wanted to drink for five years every single day, kill myself right after. And um, someone called me in the fellowship or I saw him at Trader Joe's or I, no matter what, God sent the person to me to remind me what I'm doing here. And I have a primary purpose, right? To stay sober and help another alcoholic achieve sobriety. And it's the greatest joy in my life. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you.